Welcome, my name is Raj Prasord. I'm a psychiatrist based in London, and I'm in conversation today with Kenny Johnston, who as a result of various life experiences and an attempted suicide, started a charity called CLASP. Kenny, tell us a bit about this charity. CLASP charity, um, well, where do I start? Um, CLASP itself stands for Counselling, Life Advice, Suicide Prevention. And effectively, what we're looking to do is set up a helpline so that people who are going through emotional experiences, um, suffering from mental as well as stress-related illness, their family, friends, work colleagues even, can have a helpline that they can call and rather than be placed in a queue, actually be directed to um, charities, organizations that can help them immediately. Um, as you may know, the 111 service is being placed out of operation come March of 2014, and class will be essentially a point of contact for people to, um, well, direct them to the help or advice that they need. And there's something around um, suicide or attempted suicide that you're particularly interested in providing help for. Yeah, indeed. I mean, there's a common thought that suicide, att suicide attempts or suicide completions only happen to people that go through, um, shall we say, mental illness, when in fact suicide can occur for a number of reasons. Um, sadly, in 2013, we've heard of several young people um, completing suicide due to bullying and cyberbullying. People have completed suicide due to losing their jobs, financial pressures. So it's not all down to just a person suffering from mental illness. Likewise, um, from my own experience, having myself attempted three years ago suicide, my family, friends and work associates didn't know what to do, having seen the symptoms, one or two of them prior and everybody after, didn't know where to get advice or what best to do. So um, obviously it's trying to dispel the stigma of suicide and hopefully reduce the numbers by having people have a facility or a service that they can communicate with when they feel somebody's in danger or um, that person themselves need to talk to somebody. Could you tell us a bit about your own experiences? My own experiences, well, from a young childhood I've seen domestic violence, um, unfortunately, with my mother suffering um, domestic violence through my father. I went through racism uniquely as being mixed race. It wasn't just about a my white colour, but also about me um, being, well, receiving racism from black people. Sorry for the noise in the background. And barring that, I also um, lost friends in the Lockerbie plane disaster, which um, I actually had means to be on that flight, but... Um, for some reason or other, my ticket um, was changed. Um, I saw my mum suffer 15 plus years of mental health difficulties to present date. And um, I've seen family and friends suffer from both mental and stress-related illness and not sure where to turn to seek assistance. And in the end, when it got the better of me, I um, 
attempted my own suicide. Could you tell us a bit about that specifically? Well, it was um, October of 2010. I'd um, received quite a bit of emotional and stressful pressure, both from um, a relationship that was coming to an end, as well as financial difficulties and feeling alienated from family and friends who I'd gone to seek advice from, but um, as stated, they really didn't know what to say or do, and feeling more depressed, more isolated within myself, I reached a point that um, on the morning of the 12th of October, I set up um, two nooses in my shed and through some miracle or other, um, I managed to survive not just one attempt, but two attempts in the space of 10 minutes. Could you tell us a little bit about what your mental state was like um, just leading up to this? So in, in the time that you began executing it, as it were, what sure. was going through your mind? Um, I would say, and I've, well, I've said this even to my general practitioner at the time, it was like being very, very drunk. You could see what you were doing, or I could see what I was doing, but as much as my emotions could have told me to stop, there was this thought process of just keep doing it, it's best for everybody. And in wanting to um, make sure that I was doing the best for everybody, I just found myself in a position whereby um, I needed to do it. Um, like I said, feeling drunk, a hazy state, um, not sure how to act or how to react and subsequently at the time when I um, kicked the chair away I only had one person in mind and um, that was my grandmother God rest her soul um, and I just asked her to forgive me apart from that like I said it's it's very surreal now to think that I went through that um, actually in my life if I'm honest with you what happened afterwards? Um, I came out very distraught, um, very upset, um, and the barking noise that you hear is the uh, sound of my dog Jack, who um, saw me in that state and um, subsequently came to my aid. Um, and I had family come round to see me about 45 minutes later, who who I'd contacted to say how distraught I was. You sounded, in a way, at your most emotional, thinking about your dog coming to you. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been in several relationships and, um, well, three relationships that have been important to me that have lasted several years. And the one thing that I've, um, I've not been blessed with having kids and the nearest thing that I've had to that is my dog, Jack, who um, saw me on the way out heading towards the shed and at the same time um, saw me distraught coming back into the actual um, flat where I live and saw me in a pretty bad state and just stood by my side making sure that I was okay and wasn't in too much discomfort. He pretty much just stayed by my side to make sure that everything was okay and I wasn't by myself. Most psychiatrists, hearing your 
story would determine that you were very, very resolute about doing away with yourself. What had caused you to get so low and hopeless? Um, I've always been told that I'm a people person, I'm very kind-hearted and always got time for everybody. Um, since I was a child, my grandmother um, taught me that um, it's better to give of yourself than expect from others. And in that regard, I always gave a lot of my time and effort to make sure others were okay. And when I saw myself in such a dire situation, both emotionally from relationships, from being there for my mum when she had a couple of nervous breakdowns and was in a mental hospital, um, to um, the financial state I was in and prospects of the future and also the struggles that I was having with the Department of Work and Pensions who um, along with insurance companies and banks, my creditors, did not recognise my mental health situation as being legitimate. Um, I just felt that I had nowhere honestly to turn. I'd always been a very strong in character person and I assumed that I still am to this date, or at least I tried to be, and um, I felt completely boxed in, and um, if I lashed out, I felt people would expect that of me um, in some respects, so I felt more and more withdrawn, but more and more um, isolated by the whole situation that I had in front of me, nowhere really to turn to and every time I spoke to somebody I had to recant things which also at the same time made me feel worse. There may be people listening to you talking now who are feeling low and hopeless and despairing in a very similar way to the way that you felt back then. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them now? Um, I would say to them that they're not alone. You know, we um, we live in a time at present that there's a lot of people with financial insecurities. There's a lot of various um, social issues going on from domestic violence, bullying, cyberbullying, racism, um, sexual discrimination, so on and so forth. Um, the isolation that one person feels... Um, is impossible at times to contain and what I would say more than anything else is that um, if you take away as difficult as it may sound the emotional side of things and try and look at things logically even if you have to put it down on a piece of paper and a pen so you can see yourself um, what it is that's upsetting you or causing you distress and you can then act on dealing with it, then you will kind of like um, find, be it charities, be it organisations, or even individuals that are going through similar things, and then you can work together. But the moment you feel by yourself, the moment you feel isolated, that's the moment that you need to realise that you need to talk. You need to say how you feel, not be worried about what other people say to you or what their opinions are of you. The moment you start talking is the moment you start to relieve yourself of that emotional distress that you may be carrying inside. 
there may be people listening who want to help with your charity or get involved in the charity. What would you say to them? Um, by all means, um, next year class charity, we're looking to stage an event in central London, um, overnight walk on the 19th and the 20th of July. Um, it's something that um, I for a long time have thought of um, and I respect all charities that are out there and all organizations that are there to help individuals um, as well as their families and friends. The one thing that I've noticed though and um, speaking with parties that I'm in contact with, be it Royal College of Psychiatrists or the Medical Advisory Service who are going to be helping with the helpline actually operating it, um, we have two and a half thousand very good and very well um, established and funded in some respects charities for cancer and I have done several cancer walks and more than anything else when it comes to mental illness when it comes to stress related illnesses and when it comes in particular to suicide we still have this stigma this taboo about the subject but yet and still mental illness um, stress-related illness is more common than the common cold in this day and age. Um, so to have an overnight walk called Walking Out of Darkness, um, being the first of its type in the UK and the backing that it's received and the compliments from everybody like Nick Clegg, the Royal College of Nursing, Royal College of Psychiatrists, um, Financial Ombudsman even, and other parties and organisations shows that everybody recognizes that there's a need for something to be done. People need to um, take a stand to both show report, show sorry, um, support, but also show awareness. And all the funds that um, are raised from this event will A, go for the manning and operating of the helpline, and B, go to charities in local areas so that they can help people in that local area um, be it that they need a help centre, um, be it that they need um, an out-of-hours out, out of individual, or be it that they need a counsellor that can be there um, to work out of hours so that you know it covers the cost of any counselling session that be, may be needed for a variety of things. Kenny Johnston, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed.